Rich and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Live here in the Oxygen Community Studios. Mitch, that's me. Steve, that's him. Hello. Oh, not a breaking news necessarily, but I'm seeing from Steve Gilbert. <laughs> Dre Jameson has a locker in the Diamondbacks clubhouse. Dre Jameson's back? Dre Jameson. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The decision was supposed to be who is going down for Zach Davies. Who's I'm pitching sure today. there's more than one roster move coming. So that would mean two people need to go down. Oh. One for Davies, one for Dre. I would imagine a reliever. Possibly a reliever. So I wonder. Or multiple starters. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and speculate over individuals. We already did that with Brandon Fott and Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson. But that does kind of throw a little interesting wrinkle into this whole thing, does it not? Yeah. yeah. I will closely monitor my email to see if I get a release from the D-backs. Okay. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Appreciate it. But Stay on that. That is a nice little nugget right there. Steve Gilbert with MLB.com covers the Diamondbacks, says Dre Jameson has a locker in the Diamondbacks clubhouse. Or they just gave him a locker. <laughs> and he's not actually back. <laughs> That's probably not it. Trying to motivate him. (laughs) They send him pictures. This could be you. Check it out, Trey. If you pitch well enough. Lower the ERA. This could be you. Um, I I doubt that's what's happening, but... Um, Interesting. So they might have to make multiple roster moves. They're going to have to make multiple rosters. Because we know Davies is pitching today. That was confirmed. I think there's going to be a bullpen move if I had to guess. Okay. That's just a guess. And then I imagine at the same time, Dre's not going to get the rotation spot. It'll obviously be Zach. What role does Jamison pitch in? Is he a starter? Is he a really... Don't. Okay, you're giving me the eyes. (laughs) So Mitch made an argument weeks ago when this happened, uh, when he was in the bullpen, you said that Dre Jameson was going to be the closer. He You've a, made multiple closer predictions he that got did a, not come He got game. a really good two-inning save against the Padres, granted, months ago, but it was a two-inning save. He's also had some really good relief appearances against some high-level competition. But he's been starting in the minors, hasn't he? Probably has. I guess I'd have to look oh, it up. I have here's to a follow-up tweet from Nick Picoro. Okay. And I think we know who's now gone. Okay. No lockers for Brandon Fott okay. or Luis Frias. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So it would be so. Here's it would be Davies and Jameson up, Fott and Frias down. But that's with starter and a reliever down and two starters up. Sounds like somebody's going to be a long reliever, and I don't think it's going to be Zach Davies, and I don't think it's going to be Ryan Nelson or Tommy Henry either. I don't have a Reno game log. I was looking for to see if Trey Jameson had been starting. But anyway, that's he has been starting. I, I've been yeah. looking at their their statistics. I thought and he had. Yeah, his ERA was very bad. But like everybody's ERA in Reno coastline. is I'm really bad, yeah. and the team is hitting three fifteen. It's like playing at Coors Field. <laughs> Yeah, now from uh, Arizona Sports, Alex Weiner. Dre Jameson has a locker in the clubhouse. Brandon Fought and Luis Frias do not. All right, so I think we have our answer. That answers that question. We'll have other questions that now we question. still need answering. Yeah, but what are the roles? What can, is Jameson's role? We can figure that out later. Phoenix Suns had coaching search. Yeah, let's go there. There was a hire today, a reported hire, I will add. Not by the Suns, but by one of the teams that they have been, uh, quote-unquote, competing with for the next head coach. The Milwaukee Bucks have hired Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin. And there's there's in-depth reporting of it from Sham Sharani of The Athletic, Eric Nem, who I believe covers the Bucks, and then who is the third individual who I believe covers the Raptors for The Eric, Athletic? Uh, Eric Kareen. Eric Kareen, yes. 
And I will say this because there's a tweet that Shams just retweeted from the Athletics official account. Adrian Griffin's hire comes with an endorsement from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sources tell the Athletic Griffin beat out fellow finalists Kenny Atkinson and Nick and Nick Nurse. Yeah, hmm. but he said Nick Nurse pulled out of the. He did of the running. That was today. a very interesting little nugget to throw. But in he there. tweeted that a minute before tweeting that they hired Adrian Griffin. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Either Nick Nurse pulled out this morning and then the Bucks had to make a decision between Griffin and Atkinson, or the Bucks were already starting, the wheels were already turning and they were picking Griffin to begin with, who, by the way, it's been reported now by Shams that uh, Giannis endorsed Griffin, mm-hmm. which was a rumor that Gambo reported like a week ago. So good on Gambo for good that. Good on Gambo. Nailed it once again. Uh, people nationally need to start listening to that guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't want to inflate the ego too much. But so either Nick Nurse was told, I've got better prospects elsewhere, or maybe he was told, hey, you're not the guy here. But then it's it's like, it's a very you can't break up with me. I'm breaking up with you. Well, so it's... You can't hire me. I quit. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> but Nick Nurse had the advantage to go out to somebody or somebody representing Nick Nurse had the advantage to go out to somebody and said, eh, Nick wasn't really interested in the job. Yeah, he pulled out. Yeah. He and didn't then, want to be the coach And then 30 there. seconds later, oh, hey! Hey, we hired Griffin. Oh, oh, that's crazy. Weird, the timing on that. But why does it matter to us here in the Valley? It matters because there's only two teams left now that Nurse has reportedly been linked to. One is the Philadelphia 76ers, who, in a same report, Gambo has mentioned that Philly's going to be aggressive to get Nurse. Or they're going to want Nurse. Like he's a leading candidate in the Yeah, class. I would imagine he is. And the other one is Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Nurse. So Nurse had his interview reportedly on Thursday. Right. Here in the Valley. And it, it's kind of interesting at first because Gambo's really, really good at, at what he does. But he was getting kind of like mixed info on the Nurse subject. Well, he originally said that he didn't think the Suns would be in on Budenholzer or Nurse. But then he wasn't sure about the Nurse part specifically. Obviously, Budenholzer right. is not a candidate. Right. But now we know for sure that Nurse is a candidate. He you know, interviewed for the job. You know what I think happened? This is a guess. This is obviously no no sourcing on this. Sure. I think that somebody within the organization told Gambo and maybe others that I'm not interested in Nurse. But then maybe somebody else in the organization, like maybe a brand new owner, <clears throat> said, I, I like Nurse. I'd like him to be a candidate, so let's talk to him. And that's where the confusion comes from. Like, okay, maybe somebody wanted to talk to him, but somebody else didn't. Is there a possibility James Jones didn't want to look at Nick Nurse and then Matt Ishbia did? Or vice versa, by the way. And so you start to hear one thing, but okay, maybe we do want to have a conversation with him after all. Why would we not? He's a championship winning coach. They talked to Doc Rivers. Could also, but they didn't a, want to talk to Budenholzer. Could also just be a bunch of agent fodder. Like, it could be. We totally. Don't know. Totally. This but, is just a guess on my part. But sure. There might be conflicting views on Nick Nurse within the Phoenix Suns organization, but they want to talk to him anyway, just to, you know, we want to get this right. We want to figure out who's the right guy. Do we want Nick Nurse? Do I want Nick Nurse? He was not on my top five uh, wish list. Well, your top five wish list had... It was unreasonable. Your top five wish list had the same percentage of getting accurate than my Diamondbacks Bowl predictions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was not 0.1%. What was my list? My list was Steve Kerr. It, it, it's irrelevant. Which, you by put, the way... You there's... put Greg Popovich on your list. I did. But Steve Kerr, by the way, this was if I, I could have anybody in the world, who would I want to be the Suns head coach? That was the list. I know. But Steve Kerr also... was one. 
And by the way, there's a lot of talk about Bob Myers not coming back, and he and Bob Myers are very close. Is there a chance that the Warriors could blow something up? It's possible. But the Suns appear to be moving sure. much quicker I, than that. I also think that it's the Warriors' blow-up is not going to impact the Suns directly. And what I mean by that is, I think James Jones is in this for the long haul. I don't think a sudden non-rehiring of Bob Myers in Golden State is going to all of a sudden push the Suns organization to decide, no, we want him. Well, and I you, think James Jones is in this for the long haul. Are you really going to let James Jones hire a brand new head coach and, and then, then replace him, him with yeah, Bob Myers? Exactly. I, I don't know. That doesn't smell right to me. And like you're not going to hire Bob Myers for a role that's beneath James Jones. That doesn't make I, sense no, to No, why would Bob make, yeah, why would he do that? Right. So that's what I mean. It's like if there's a Warriors implosion... In it doesn't feel office. like it impacts the I don't Suns. think it's going to impact the Suns anymore. I'm with no. you on that. But I had to put it on my wish list. <laughs> but to answer your question, do I want Nick Nurse? I mean, out of the candidates they're talking to, he's in my top two. I think Kevin Young is is probably the most interesting to me because of his familiarity with Book and Durant. It's essentially and five, right? Keep, keep this in mind, by the way. If the Bucks went with the guy that was endorsed by Giannis, doesn't that tell you something about the power that players and superstar players in this league have? I think he's also towards the end of his current deal. And they want to get the most out of they it. Want, the Bucks realize we got to do what Giannis wants. They have new ownership, I believe, too, because I'm, somebody just sold a portion of their ownership stake and somebody else just bought in. So it's a very... Didn't the Lakers like this, hire a coach LeBron wanted? Was well, that they, Vogel? They or, always do that. Uh, even Ham, probably? Well, I'm sure the Lakers wanted money. And Cleveland, he wanted Ty Lue. Yeah, this is a thing in the league now. If you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker over here screaming for one player, uh, one coach, and it's Kevin Young, let's just say, and you're interviewing four others, you gotta listen to your superstars, right? That's the team. That's the championship windows. Those guys. I think to a point. I say to a point only because look, Giannis is a one man wrecking ball, and he's got some great complimentary pieces around him. But the Bucks are probably going to shake things up around Giannis specifically. With the Suns, there's probably going to be some shakeup around Devin, Book- Devin Booker and Kevin Durant very specifically. But at the same time, do you want to give them so much input that it basically becomes Brooklyn Nets 2.0? Because that's something that's kind of in the back of my mind. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving arrive in Brooklyn. Who was the coach at the time? Do you remember? Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson. Do you remember how long he lasted? Not long. Not long. After they got signed. Kevin Durant didn't even play that season when he got signed. The 2019-2020 season. And Atkinson was gone before the bubble. But if I remember right, Durant wanted the head coach, Nash, and the GM gone. And the organization cut bait with Nash, but not the GM. Is that is that the right scenario? Yeah, because Sean Marks is still there. So they gave Durant some say, but they didn't let him fire the GM. But he had say in the coaching. Well, I mean, granted, Nash went into the season as the coach. He did, and then didn't last long. It was a miserable start, and I'm sure part of that was motivated in some sort of way. I noticed you put air quotes around that. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> noticed that. Nobody else did. <laughs> the point being is, Kevin Durant has had a lot of power in the last five years, specifically with Brooklyn. How much power are you willing to give him here? Especially with Devin Booker being the true face of this franchise. Definitely want input. And if Durant and Booker both say definitively it's got to be Kevin Young, then I think it's probably Kevin Young. That's all I'm saying. You don't have to do what they want, but I think you probably want to do what they want. 
if that makes sense. Coming up next, how are you going to remember DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals? Who? We'll try and find out next on Arizona <laughs> Sports Saturday. Mitch Vereldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think a lot of people were caught off guard when the Arizona Cardinals cut DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. The thought was you were going to try to trade the guy in the offseason, maybe get a first-round pick, maybe get a second-round pick. Okay, maybe we can get a third-round pick, right? Maybe we can get something. <laughs> Fourth-round right? pick, maybe? What'd they, get? Uh, What'd they get? They got nothing. Oh. They got nothing. Well, shoot. Um, Why? If you want the silver lining in all of this, this is the best stretching for a silver lining that I can do in this scenario, okay? I'm going to try my best is to make this a good Is the rubber band thing. going to hold? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to do my best. They cut him, and all of the cap hit will be this year and not in the future. That's about it. That's about as good as I can make so the team, scenario. So the team that we all anticipate to stink this year is just going to take dead money for a salary cap that they're probably not going to spend much more with. And instead, next year, they free up that room and they can spend it on whatever they want. And your team's a little worse, so your draft pick might be better. But can we start with that? That's about it. Can we start with that, actually? Sure. So they cut Hopkins. Do we like understand the direction of this team now? Is this, was this the final domino that we needed pushed to understand what the Cardinals are trying to accomplish this year? Well, I don't think it was relying upon the Hopkins situation to determine whether this team is going to be competitive or not. It's not like I think they're a playoff team with him and they're garbage without him. But Does that make sense? But remember, for so long, relative, before the draft, in fairness, for so long, we were trying to understand, okay, what are they doing? They signed Kaiser White? That's their big signing. A linebacker, they not a position you needed. Zach Pascoe. They okay. He's special teams wide receiver. Whatever. They didn't do anything that really moved the needle, and they let a lot of their good, young, talented guys walk. Zach Allen went to Denver. Byron Murphy went to Minnesota, etc. They also haven't done anything that, even if it was Teddy Bridgewater as a backup quarterback, I'd be like, oh. Teddy, okay. They're going to give him some reps this year. That's pretty cool, right? Like, you probably understand. But no, it was deal. David Blau and and Clayton Toon getting Jeff drafted. Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Like, eh. Clayton Toon, I'm actually more excited about. I'm, we I'm, can talk about that. I'm most time. excited. I have a bold prediction about him. Ooh, tease. Okay. We didn't really understand where this, what this team was doing. And then draft night happened, and they made off. A lot of people gave him a lot of credit for the Texans trade. Deservedly so. They got their first round pick next year. And assuming that the Texans are going to be bad, you could have back-to-back number one and number two next year. And there's two guys that you could take back-to-back to completely overhaul the direction of this offense and paint it in the image of Monty Austinfort and Jonathan Gannon. And you know exactly who those two players are. I do. Caleb Williams of USC Uh at quarterback. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, wide receiver, who's probably the best wide receiver prospect to come out since Jamar Chase. Now imagine if in a span of four years, you shift from a Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins offense to to a Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. offense in 2024. So, okay, let's play out the scenario real quick. So let's say they do get the number one and number two pick, which, by the way, even if the Cardinals and Texans are both bad teams this year, it's still pretty 
unlikely a, that you're going to get number one and two. It's a huge stretch. Right. It's a but huge let's, stretch. But let's go down that road. If you're, if you're a Cardinals fan looking for an absolute silver lining today, let's go down that fantasy land road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the number one and number two pick. Okay, now, number one, you have to make the decision because Caleb Williams is going number one. I don't think there's anything that can prevent that from happening barring major injury. I would say down year more than an injury. I think if he gets injured, that just it increases the intrigue, doesn't it? Ah, eh, maybe. Unless depends Drake, on when he gets injured. Unless Drake May blows the cover off of footballs this year. I guess that's possible. But let's say that it's a quarterback that's going to go number one. That sounds more than likely. Mm-hmm. You have to make the decision because you're just now getting into the Kyler Murray extension for a quarter of a billion dollars. You have to decide. Okay, are we moving off Kyler? And if we are for a Caleb Williams, for a Drake May, whoever it is, that's the number one pick. How do we move Kyler? Can we trade him? How many games did he play in the 2023 season? Did he play well enough to warrant getting traded? Is his contract too big, a la DeAndre Hopkins, that nobody will take it? Those are questions you now have to answer. What can we get back for Kyler Murray? I don't want to assume that it's you're just going to get multiple first-round picks and this great draft haul, and you can use those picks later, but also use your first pick to take the new quarterback. I don't want to assume it's that easy. But that's the conversation you have to have. Otherwise, you could move down from number one. Let somebody else take that quarterback and you, like you did this year, pick up a bunch of picks in future years and that draft. Then you've got your number two pick in this fantasy scenario, Hmm. which we both would assume there. It's Marvin Harrison. He certainly fulfills a need. Although I don't actually hate this wide receiver room right now. It's a lot better than it was a couple years back. Remember how bad the wide receiver room was for the Cardinals? Oh, yeah, but there is one glaring detriment with this wide receiver room. There's no number one. I was going to say they're all about my height. (laughs) Well, there is that. And you're not a a, uh, tall gentleman. I sorted the roster currently on the Cardinals website by height. Yeah. The shortest member on the Arizona Cardinals is a wide receiver. Dorch? At 5'7", which is is my height. Is it Dorch? Yes. I thought so. And then Rondale Moore at the same height. I'm not actually mad about their wide receiver room. There's just no clear-cut number one to me. I mean, their clear-cut number one is is Hollywood Brown, but he's not a number one around the league. He's a number one in this room. Well, he was in Baltimore. He's he's been kind of propped up as a number one since he's been in the league. I mean, even think about the time when Hopkins was out. That six-game stretch that Hopkins was out, Marquise Hollywood-Brown was the number one receiver. On the team. And then, of course, he got hurt, and then he came back, and Hopkins wasn't there, so he was the de facto number one again. Yeah. Look, if your argument is you put him on a different football team and he's not the number one, fine, I get that. That's probably the argument I'm making. However, he has been a number one receiver where he's been in the NFL. That's just a fact. Fair enough. So to kind of conclude on our Cardinals get the number one and number two pick thing. Yeah, it could be really easy. Take Caleb Williams, take Marvin Harrison, rebuild the offense around those guys. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of moving and wheeling and dealing that Austin Fort could do the way that he did this year by moving out of three and then moving back up to six. Well, I got a brand new offensive lineman with it, too. Yeah. Could do some of that there. Could do some of that magic next year, too. So uh, I don't want to assume that the Cardinals are just sitting back, resting on their laurels and saying, you know what? We can lose all the games we want because then we get Caleb Williams. I don't think it's that simple. Well, it's not that simple, no. It's nowhere near that simple. What I think will be easier is trading Murray versus trading Hopkins. I would agree it's easier. Teams, Teams will do whatever it takes to make sure that they have a quarterback. I don't think teams are under the same pressure to get a He's 31, so it's unfair to call him old, but he's also missed a lot of games in the last two years. So an older wide receiver in Hopkins. Kyler's value would depend on how much he plays. Does it? 
If he only comes back and plays four games, but he plays well, then I think most people are like, well, that's the Kyler Murray we know. So th- there might be some some trust there. But if he comes back and plays half a season and is no good, and the wheels, the Jets aren't working because of the knee injury, well, could you now there's concerns. Could you make it product of the bad team around him? Not to immediately call them bad, but we don't think the Cardinals are going to be good this year. You might be able to chalk it up that way, yeah. Or a bad offensive line. Is the team going to take the risk like uh, Carolina did with Baker Mayfield? Granted, Baker Mayfield wasn't on a new contract when he got traded. He was still on his rookie deal. So maybe if I pivot it to like Carson Wentz? like The Eagles were able to trade Carson Wentz to the Colts, who were then able to trade him to the Commanders, and he's now cut. He doesn't even have a job right now. And the same thing happened with Jared Goff. Granted, Goff was made for a bigger play for the Rams in getting Stafford. But there are teams out there that will do what it takes to get a quarterback, even if it is an expensive toll. You need you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. We kind of accidentally took the topic from the next segment, but did we? <laughs> I think we did. But at the same time, I I don't think. Well, it just goes to show how memorable DeAndre Hopkins was as a Cardinal. Yeah, I know. I don't think that the Cardinals want to move off of Kyler Murray so quickly, but. The amount of cap space that you would save by moving from quarter of a billion dollars for Kyler to paying for a rookie quarterback if you get the number one pick, that should make any team question their quarterback situation, regardless of how good that player is. All right, here's what we'll do coming up <laughs> Do you next. want to try remembering Hopkins I, as the Cardinal next? I, I think we should do that. I think we should recap how did we feel about DeAndre Hopkins' time while he was here in Arizona. Good, bad, sometimes ugly. We could also look at where could he go next if we want to. That's coming up next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Vereldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, ACDC to get us through the last half hour of Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch and Steve back here with you. So I I personally apologize because I screwed up how we were supposed to talk about in the last segment with Hopkins and how we remembered him. Probably just because I don't really remember his time all that well in Arizona. And I was fascinated with the whole draft pick conversation. So I guess we have to start at the beginning, right? Yeah. His tenure with the Cardinals started with an incredible steal of a trade. Let's not forget the climate at that time, too. Literally. We had just entered the global pandemic. Of 2020. When was the trade made? It was like a week after. So it was like March of 2020? So if I recall correctly, when Rudy Gobert... Yes, I'm going to dox him. When Rudy Gobert shut down the NBA on March 11th of 2020, it wasn't until, I believe, the 16th, I remember, my roommate got sent home. And then like a day later was the beginning of free agency in the NFL. And boom. Headline at NFL.com from March 16th, 2020, 6 11 a.m. Okay, so I was a day off. The Houston Texans stunner. Texans trade Hopkins to Cardinals. Wow. I mean, that was the, the view around the league. You know what was even funnier? I remember it going down completely differently, at least through the Twitterverse. It was framed at first as the Cardinals have traded David Johnson to the Houston Texans. You remember that? I remember it being framed as David Johnson is now traded from the Cardinals to the Texans. And then it was the draft picks that the bomb dropped of, oh, 
my God, they got DeAndre Hopkins back. Are you freaking kidding me? I think we all kind of assumed they would have had to have sent a first-round pick, at least a first-round pick, if not more. And they sent a second so fourth. That's how the tenure started, was this trade that everyone here viewed as probably the best one that Steve Kime ever made. I actually think that the Chandler Jones trade goes down as a better one for me. Well, he got even he got rid of even a worse player in Jonathan Cooper. And didn't give up a first-round pick and got probably the best pass rusher in the league over the 10 or so years since then. He was a great Cardinal. And so for that reason, because of the longevity and how good Chandler Jones was, I think that trade probably looms larger for me. But there's no doubt that the Hopkins trade was viewed as a steal. You got rid of a contract and a player in David Johnson who just, quite frankly, David Johnson just looked like he didn't have it anymore. Like he was afraid of going vertically north-south. And all of a sudden he's dancing left and right and he can't get yardage. And they just paid him a bunch of money. And he deserved that money at the time, but then he just fell apart. And they were able to ship him and a second-round pick, essentially, for DeAndre Hopkins. And got some picks back, so it's kind of a flop in that way. But mm-hmm. uh, So that's how this started. Then there were plenty of big moments, right? The first season DeAndre Hopkins had here was phenomenal. He was great. Never forget the Hale Murray. The Hale Murray, probably the, the, the Heisman moment, so to speak. Oh, 100%. And... I, re- I I remember, I don't remember when this happened, but I remember when he was on the freeway and he did the, uh, hey. the famous bird. <laughs> that was something that kind of uh, yeah. gave the fans something it was to what? It personally was like attach night, to. It was like a Sunday night primetime game or something, and he's trying to get through on the highway. And he got being, stuck in traffic. being in a, blocked by some uh, <clears throat> protesters, and he yeah. let them know how he was feeling. It was like a caravan or something, and he got stuck in it, and he was not happy, so he... he <laughs> He, he let did them something know how that he was feeling about we it. all kind of were like, yeah, that's hop. That's hop. <laughs> the, the best part in the post game, he was asked about it. He's like, oh, I was trying to give him the peace sign, but my index finger was really hurting me. So. Well, and then <laughs> that was like the the personality we fell in love with, right? What was the clip? Remember the it was uh, a better catch by I the better catch by I. <laughs> We were all blown away. It's so simple, but it's like, it was a better catch by eye. (laughs) Holy cow. There were three of them. The ego on this guy. (laughs) It was just a better catch by eye. (laughs) This is one of the best quotes we've had in Arizona lately. So, like, this this is the time with DeAndre Hopkins that I remember. Then it's the suspension. And he gets popped for uh, PEDs. Okay. A substance he wasn't supposed to take. Let's really quickly rewind from the suspension because there was the injury after week seven and he basically just that was season two he played the one game against the bears that was the last time the cardinals won that year and then he was gone again yeah and that was a really that was when the team fell apart they started what was it 10 and 2 and then they collapsed to 11 and 6 and that miserable playoff exit yeah and hopkins wasn't available for that playoff game that's good context and they thought to themselves you know what we got to run this back but there's just one problem. Hopkins is not going to be available for the first six games of the year. When did we find that out? During the offseason. We for found sure. that out at the draft. And, and there remember, was already a lot of other stuff going on. Well, Kyler so, Murray's contract. Remember the timeline? Situation. Remember the timeline? Yeah, so the Kyler contract situation, that was during the week of the Super Bowl. His agent put out the all caps letter. Still can't read it to this day. Yeah, all that stuff. Draft night. They shocked the world. They traded for Marquise Hollywood Brown with their 25th overall pick. Right. Unbeknownst to the entire world that he had been traded for three days ago, 
and was in Arizona at the Cardinals draft party to say hello to the beloved fans. And then a day later, we found out the reason why. Not to add to DeAndre Hopkins and the nope. wide receiver court, it was but most to certainly replace not. him in the interim while he was suspended. And it kind of worked. seven games? Six. Six games. And it kind of worked out that way, too, because because uh, Brown got hurt in that sixth game. Hopkins comes back. Then Hopkins gets hurt as soon as Brown comes back. <laughs> I don't know if it worked out is the way I would phrase that, but I, I know where you're coming from. They, they, they basically replaced each other at that point. I would have much rather they both be available. Yeah. That's kind of the context of his time with the team. And then you wrap it up with he comes back from suspension. He's still a good player. We can all acknowledge that. He's still hop, but he's uh, not He's not hop. Didn't play the last two games of the season at a time when a lot of people in the organization thought that he could have. And now there's this narrative around, well, he doesn't have good practice habits because he shows up for the games, but is he really oh, trying hard thing. during skipping the week? Skipping the Wednesday, skipping the yeah. Thursday, showing up on Friday, showing up on Sunday. But that narrative didn't really feel prominent to me until he missed those last two games, Mm -hmm. which you and I can both agree. The Cardinals were in no good position anyway. I don't know that I wanted him playing those games anyway, but to a a teammate or to a coaching staff, it doesn't look good when you don't play in those games. And you could have. That encapsulates the time DeAndre Hopkins spent with the Cardinals. I can't remember if I brought this up already, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think Gambo made a really good point about this yesterday. He kind of set the organization back because of that suspension. Because if he's not suspended, then maybe you don't trade for Hollywood Brown. Maybe you don't sacrifice the 25th overall pick, which ended up being center Tyler Linderbaum, who's had a really good rookie season for Baltimore. A player they were interested in. And a position that they really needed after Rodney Hudson missed most of the season and is now gone. You kind of set yourself back because of Hopkins. And now you've got to eat this salary. You have to understand that you're probably not going to be a good football team this year, even even no matter how you try to sell it. Like you've got what is appearingly a more charismatic Kyler Murray, which for the record, I love to see. I love to see that he's actually a little more devoted to Arizona right now. He's here. He's rehabbing. He's going to games and stuff like that. Like I appreciate that. But Hopkins really set them back. And all it took was a suspension in six games. It's crazy to think about it that way, but it did kind of ripple, trickle-down effect to get them to a point where we're talking about whether or not they're going to draft another quarterback next year. Yeah, it won, if you want to think about it, too, from the new regime's perspective, because we did go through a new GM, new coaching search, all of that early in this offseason. And the first thing that Monty Austinfort has to deal with is, do I trade this superstar wide receiver who just hasn't been available for 100% of his games. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a narrative. That's just the truth. And so that was kind of the first order of business. And what I think ended up happening here is the Cardinals probably drew a line in the sand where they said, okay, if we can get what we want in a trade, which let's say is a first, second, maybe even third round pick, then we'd consider doing that trade to get good draft value. Turns out they got some interest, not a lot of interest in Hopkins because his contract is huge. Not a lot of teams have the room, so they wanted to whittle that down, maybe throw some incentives in his contract. He didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. He wants to be paid what he's paid, if not more, likely. But now he's in a situation that's actually not ideal. He's a free agent at a time when he's really the only big-name free agent out there, and you like that because you set the tone for the market. Mm -hmm. But. Most teams have already figured out what they're going to be doing cap-wise. And someone might have already set the market for him. Odell Beckham Jr., who got $15 million this year from the base salary. 
And now Hopkins looks at that and says, well, if that's the bar, then I deserve more than that. But if I want to go play for Kansas City or Buffalo, the two teams that were rumored to have some interest, they can't afford that. They don't have room for $19 million salaries or even $15 million salaries. You want to go play for with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? You're going to have to play for a lot less. As a matter of fact, I saw from Albert Breer yesterday, he pointed out that one of the bigger issues for Kansas City money-wise was because they invested so much in Donovan Smith, who they're hoping can be a big part of their offensive line because they lost Orlando Brown in free agency to the Bengals, and they need a new left tackle. And is it going to be Donovan Smith? Who knows? I think it was Breer who tweeted something along the lines of, it doesn't feel likely that Kansas City or Buffalo will be able to go and get Hopkins because now, they don't have the room. Now, would he end up with any of these five teams that he, when he was asked what quarterbacks would he like to throw to him someday on the I Am Athlete podcast, would he end up with any of these five teams? One of my favorite quarterbacks that I've, I've been watching since he came in the league, Josh Allen. He reminds me of a new school, Andrew Luck. I love Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, Houston kid, your dog, Jalen, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. As a throwing quarterback, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, obviously. Man, I'm going to have to go with my, my, my dude to San Diego. Or, or the Chargers. Herbert. I'm going to have to go Justin Herbert. Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah. So it's Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And Lamar Jackson. There's been no shortage of times this offseason where Hopkins has mentioned people that aren't on the Cardinals. And I'm not saying that he should have thrown Kyler Murray on that list. He's already been playing with Kyler Murray. But he's doing a lot of talking about who he could play with at a time when he was under contract with the Arizona Cardinals. Normally, you don't do that. But it always felt like he was a free agent all along, didn't it? It always felt like he wanted out. Yeah. Well, he knew that. It felt like he was a free agent. This offseason, and anybody could just come and and take their pick. Give me your offer. Give me your best offer. Which, by the way, is another interesting angle we haven't talked about. Howard Balzer made a good point of this this week that officially the Cardinals can't release Hopkins till Tuesday. So you announce it on Friday, and is that a message to the rest of the league, a la Rodney Hudson? Hey, <sighs> we're gonna cut this guy. If you want first crack at him, you can still come trade for him over the weekend. I'm going to shoot it down, but I'm not going to shoot it down in my own words. Darren Urban, who writes for the team. Take, for instance, the Rodney Hudson trade when the Cardinals got him. Um, It was out there that they were going to release him. Then all of a sudden he's being traded to the Cardinals. I get that. But in none of those instances um, did the team announce anything was happening. It just kind of got leaked out yeah. there. That, I mean, the Cardinals announced he's been released. So, yeah, I don't I don't anticipate anything changing. And, in fact, uh, I would expect it to be on today's notice. I'm assuming there's still a notice today uh, because it's officially not the holiday weekend. I could be wrong, but I would think there's still a notice today from the NFL. just feels like it's over. Yeah, no, I agree. And he's probably right about this, but if it can't be official until Tuesday – There's nothing that says that somebody can't come along and say, okay, you know what? If I really want to be the team to get Hopkins and I don't want to compete in free agency for him, then I can offer something. And let's just see if the Cardinals bite. Might still happen. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up the show. Plenty of stuff that happened today, including Diamondbacks news and some news around the NBA that might impact the Suns coaching search. That's next. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch and Steve present Footnotes on Arizona Sports Saturday. This is Footnotes. 
We have so much other stuff that we wanted to squeeze in within this final segment that you need to know about, and that's where we put it in footnotes. And we're going to start with the news of the day, two bits of news of the day. Do you want to start with the NBA news, or do you want to start with the Diamondbacks news? Diamondbacks news. Diamondbacks news. We got from our own Alex Weiner, who's covering the Diamondbacks today for us at Arizona Sports. Dre Jameson has a locker in the Diamondbacks clubhouse. Interesting. Brandon Fott and Luis Frias do not. Yeah, and we knew that Zach Davies was going to go today. He's back from injury. So if Dre and Davies are both up, that naturally meant two people had to go down. Fought got roughed up yesterday, so I guess that makes some sense. And Luis Frias, for what it's worth, is kind of acting as the long reliever, the early reliever. Mm-hmm. And that might be the role that they asked Dre Jamison to fulfill. And maybe they just need a fresh arm after really expending, like, Miguel Castro and Andrew Chafin a lot on that road trip. And they just need a fresh arm. Maybe Jamison will give it to them. And maybe Jamison will stay around, too. Will he get any starts? That's an interesting question. Remains to be seen. One slip-up from a Ryan Nelson or a Tommy Henry or, heck, even a Zach Davies. One slip-up. The way this team is handling it, they might be gone before you know it. The NBA news. The Bucks are, I guess, technically the second team to hire their next head coach because the Rockets hired Ime Udoka, but that was that was a long time that ago. That was like in May or <laughs> April. They hired Adrian Griffin. The Bucks did, the former Raptors assistant. That that wasn't necessarily the news that Steve and I took from it, though. There was a Sham Sharania report where he phrased it like this before tweeting out who the next head coach was. After Nick Nurse pulled out of the process, the Bucks are deciding between Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin, blah, blah, blah. Griffin is gaining traction. A Nick, minute later, he Nick, got the job. <laughs> Nick, Nick Nurse pulled out? Yeah, why would really? he do that? Two reasons that I Why could tell. Why would Nick Nurse do that? Uh, I see you're doing your best Brian Windhorse impression. Um, two things I could think of. One, they told him, hey, you're not getting the job, so we'll, we'll give you the luxury of saying you pulled out. I don't think that's what happened here. More likely is he pulled out for some reason. I, d- did he foresee that maybe this was an opportunity for his protege, Griffin, to get a job and... I don't know if he's that generous yeah, is Nick that he Nurse would give that up kind the of job. A guy? I don't know. How weird is it, by the way, that Nurse and Griffin, both with the Raptors, one as the head coach, one as his assistant, were applying for the same job, interviewing for the same job, both talking to Giannis individually about what they would bring to the team. It's like I guess Giannis don't like Nick Nurse, huh? It's like any of you listening right now, you and your boss both interview to be the boss at another competing comp- competing company. And you get it, and not your boss. That's essentially what happened here. Isn't that weird? A little of course bit? it's weird. I don't know. I find that odd. It's like if Kevin Young and Monty Williams both applied for the same job, and the, Kevin Young got it. This is something that we kind of foresaw coming, though, based off of reports we had locally from Gambo. I don't know. I'm curious to see how it works out. But that's now two of the, at the time, six positions filled. There's four more. And Nick Nurse has only been connected to two. So was Nick Nurse told either by Philadelphia or Phoenix, hey, you're the you're the guy. You're our leader in probably the clubhouse. Probably Philly, if I had to guess. I think that's probably true. It's not that I don't want Nick Nurse for Phoenix. 
I just have a hard time believing that Philly is not going to convince him to come there. And the fact that the Bucks went with the guy that Giannis wanted all along, because we heard from Gambo over, a, I think it was a week ago, mm-hmm. talking about how he was interested in Griffin. Giannis was. And they ended up going with the guy that the superstar player endorsed. What does that tell you about what the Suns might do with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker mm. if they're both interested in Kevin Young? Mm. Very, very Could they do something similar? More NBA stuff. This came down, uh, what was this, Thursday? May 25th? Yeah, this came down on Thursday. The Suns and the Mercury, they're partnering, partnering excuse me, with the city of Phoenix in pursuit of hosting future All-Star games for and they either should. league. Yeah, this is, a great, this is a great place to host. I think they hosted an All-Star game when I was in college. Ten-ish years ago. I'm trying to see. 2009 when Shaq came out with the Jabberwockies. Oh, my gosh. 2009. Was it really that long ago? Maybe it was the D-backs then when I was in college. 2011? 2011. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah. There was one for the WNBA in 2014 as well. And I think a big part of this, too, is because of all the renovations they did a couple of years back. Oh, yeah. This is a much better place to host an All-Star game now. And, like, why would you not want to host All-Star Festival? Of course. I mean... For the WNBA's sake, it's really hot in July or whenever the WNBA sure. All-Star game is. Like, Yeah, but they play basketball indoors, Jesse. Yeah, but like, there's <laughs> festivities that go around I it. Know. Like, Where are they going to put like the outdoor concerts and stuff? I, get I guess it. convention I get center. There will be stuff. Probably. I'm sure, there will be plenty of stuff. Uh, more basketball. Uh, where was the series at when we were last on the show in the Eastern Conference Finals? Do you uh, probably a lot more lopsided than it is right now. I remember Grant Williams screaming and Jimmy Butler saying, I'm not the guy to mess with. Uh, guess what? What? That series went from 3-0. It's now 3-2, and game six is tonight. Yeah. Is Boston going to really do this? Are they going to be the first team? First of all, the first team ever to host a game seven after being down 3-0. Then they could be the first team ever to come back from 3-0. I gotta be honest with you, I feel pretty good about Boston tonight. Would it hurt more to lose tonight if you're Boston? Actually, no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm going the wrong way with that. Would it hurt more tonight if Miami were to lose or if Boston were to lose in Game 7? I don't know, man. I, I, I think feel like Miami's got to win this one. If you're, if you're, my, if you're uh, Miami, you don't have time to hurt if you lose tonight. You don't have time to feel anything about Game 6 if you lose. you got to get ready for Game 7. And Jimmy Butler, of all people, does not feel to me like the kind of guy who allows another team to come back like this. Well, I mean, he said it himself. We're going to win. Yeah, if i got to score 80 tonight, said. that's what's going to happen. That's how I feel about Jimmy Butler, but, man, I don't know. I tell you what, it's really fascinating watching how all of a sudden this series has flipped. Down 3-0, we were talking about, oh, my gosh, is Missoula even going to come back next year? Are we going to have to compete with Boston now as another team looking for a head coach? No, Missoula Look will at be him back. now. Missoula will be back. He's outcoached Bolstra in two games. Yeah. That's a crazy series, man. And meanwhile, Denver is going through media stuff. I'm seeing a bunch of Nicole Denver's Jokic like tweets. the least talked about dominant run through the playoffs of all time. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Coming up next on uh, First Take, can the Lakers overcome an 0-4 deficit in the series? Can they win in nine games? <laughs> Lakers in seven. Lakers in nine. Look, Lakers we in 11. We agree it's LeBron's fault. If yeah, Le- well, he made it about him. If LeBron didn't drop that stupid little, I don't know, he made what it I'm about do him next yeah. year. He'll be back, by the way. He's not going anywhere. He's under contract. There was there was some clarity on that throughout the week. He's not retiring. Just a bunch of baloney. He just likes to make it about him. I tell you what, the Eastern Conference Finals is not done 
in basketball. It is done in hockey and in probably the most dramatic of fashions for a four-game sweep. The Panthers, led by old Matthew Kachuk. Heard of him. With a four seconds until end of regulation goal on a power play. And the Panthers, the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, are going to the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. It's pretty cool. Really cool. I want to get to this before we before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Tony Jefferson retired. Yes. Tony Jefferson's one of my favorite Cardinals over the time that I've worked in the, in the market over the last, like, 10, 12 years. He's one of the most vocal on social media. He loves the market. He loves the Suns. He loved everything about the Valley. He was a great Arizona He athlete. was, I don't want to say a no-name. He certainly wasn't a no-name before he led the team in tackles, but he kind of came out of nowhere, right? And he's amongst this fascinating group of defensive backs that the Cardinals have hit on over the years. In the last, like, even just in the Steve Kime era, if you want to talk about Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Tony Jefferson's right there in that mix with those guys. He led the team in tackles. I mean, that was a really good player. Calling it a career. And, uh, by the way, if you're not into card collecting, like trading card collecting... I am, actually. Do you see about the guy that got the one-out-of-one Drew Jones card? How much? There's... I think he's asking for a million. Oh, my gosh. Who knows? That might be worth it someday. You never know. It's a big big ticket item to figure out, though. Hey, thanks for uh, checking out the show this weekend. For my co-host, Mitch Vareldis, for Jesse Morrison behind the glass. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to Arizona Sports Saturday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.